Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Higher Ed Geek Podcast. Uh, this is episode number 11 with Hannah Parikh, uh, which we uh, recorded about a month ago, but uh, just really great stuff. Uh, Hannah just has a really great perspective on uh, social change, social impact, social enterprise, and entrepreneurship, and uh, she just was a real pleasure to talk to. I'm glad we got the opportunity. Um, we'll include everything that she uh, works on in the show notes, so definitely go check it out and go uh, connect with her as well. And with that, uh, and without further ado, this is episode number 11 with Henna Parikh. It's an honor to have our good friends at SwiftKick be a sponsor of the podcast because I've seen their work firsthand and it's truly unlike any student leadership training I've experienced. They've been voted best student leadership program unprecedented five times, so you know they must be doing something right. As a bonus for our listeners, SwiftKick is giving a $500 discount off their normal speaking fee if you mention High Red Geek when you contact them. I highly recommend their trainings for your campus as your students will be talking about it for months afterwards. It's really great stuff. Check them out, swiftkickhq.com to learn more and let them know I sent you. Now, back to the show. Yeah, thank you so much, Hannah, for uh, hanging out and giving us uh, some of your time here for this podcast episode. Um, so we will uh, start out as we always do and kind of move on from here. Uh, if you just want to give a brief introduction of yourself and how you got to be where you are today. Sure. Thank you for having me. Um, so my name is uh, Hannah Parikh, and I've primarily been in the social impact space for kind of my whole life in different capacities. Um, but I spent the past five years of my professional career really in the nonprofit and social impact space. And then I pursued my master's in social entrepreneurship. Um, and since then, I've sort of had a three-pronged approach to work. So I have my own side business called Impact, where I focus on events and communications for social impact organizations. Uh, I do some freelance for The Good Trade. So we are an online publication that features socially conscious brands and businesses. And then my full-time work is with She's the First. Um, and we're a nonprofit focused on fighting gender inequality through education. So I started there about three months ago, and I'm the development and communications manager. Yeah, very cool. Um, so now I, I, I always kind of want to break this off into two things. I'm very interested in your um, kind of graduate experience, but certainly more focused because I, I – where we kind of have a mutual connection uh, of your mm -hmm. undergraduate college experience to start uh, at Rutgers University, where I went to uh, graduate school, wonderful place. Um, so you're really involved there um, with their kind of community service work and other things. So, um, yeah, if you just want to start out talking a little bit about what your college experience gave to you personally and professionally, I'm sure it was a lot. But I guess just, uh, yeah, just kind of what what was that experience and how is it, uh, you know, impactful for you? Yeah, my time at Rutgers was so much more than I could have ever imagined. Um, it was actually my dream to go to NYU, and I got in, and I saw the price tag, and then I said, there is no way I could pay this no. off, uh, especially in the social impact space. So my original plan actually was to stay at Rutgers for just a year or two and then transfer, but I just fell so in love with it um, because it gave me so much um, it gave me so many opportunities to do things that I cared about, whether it was student leadership or volunteering. And, you know, it doesn't hurt that I also met my boyfriend and we've been together three years now uh, through the service fraternity there. Um, but one of the main things that I really focused on in my time at Rutgers was service learning. So Dustin, this is kind of how we met, but I had I had the best mentors, uh, Krista Klein and Karen Artizone, who really have shaped so much of my life. Um I attended this 
event called Winter Wishes, uh, where they provided gifts to underprivileged children in New Brunswick. And I was just so moved. I actually cried at that event. Mm. And Karen had said, um, you know, you seem like you care enough about this. Maybe you should think about applying for this thing called the Student Volunteer Council. Um, and so, you know, I started as a coordinator and I worked my way up um, to be the director, uh, co-director, actually, of the campus-wide council. And I had done alternative breaks and become a leader there um, and on the e-board. So, you know, all of these things I was doing really kept me close to Karen and Krista. And um, I ended up taking a course. It was actually supposed to be like a random seminar through the Honors College about social entrepreneurship. And um, it was with Dean Matsuda. And I just loved it. And I fell in love with all of the coursework and the topics and the readings. And I started talking to Krista about this a lot, saying, you know, there's so much that people can do. Um, to affect change in their communities, they just may not know how. Um, and that's really where we started these, this idea of change makers. So um, Dustin, as you know, like change makers was an entire week uh, dedicated to like social impact programming. So we had pencils of promise and crochet kids and Tom's and all of these, um, you know, well known nonprofits and social businesses come in and kind of talk about ways that students can make a difference. Um, and because of all of those things, I feel like that's why I ultimately decided to pursue uh, a master's in social entrepreneurship at Pepperdine, um, which we could talk about separately. But I just I think my whole life has really been shaped by my time at Rutgers. Um, my academic work really focused on psychology and communication, but that transformed me um, and the work I'm doing now, I'm doing communications, but more so just like how we communicate to each other as human beings. Um and, you know, in general, like the world around us. But I think having my academic work and then my extracurriculars, like I I just had the best time at Rutgers and I wish I could relive it all of the time. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, because, uh, yeah, I mean, my kind of pipeline into all this stuff was um, Rutgers Changemakers. So like as a graduate student, I helped out with that. And yeah, it was, it was so cool. And uh, a funny thing, too, now with my uh, full-time job at 2U, which is like a higher ed tech company, our like corporate um, like charity partner is Pencils of Promise. So like I oh, realized that after I started working there and like, you know, people were just like, oh yeah, we work with this organization. Do you know about it? I'm like, oh, do I know about it? And like, <laughs> uh, so like, it's like, oh, I've read the book, you know, I know about them. So it was just really nice that like they, uh, their values aligned in that way. Cause it was just obviously a smart move for them. Cause they, you know, we work in the uh, digital education space, but, but, you know, working with Pencils of Promise allows us to, kind of have a positive impact on education all around the world and access to it. Um, so that was really cool. But yeah, I was, I was yeah. very grateful for the experience just to have a small uh, role to play. And that's actually oh, fun awesome. fact. Thank you. Uh, yeah. I mean, and like fun fact for anybody who has listened throughout my entire podcast and career. And I don't know if I've mentioned it specifically before, but like I did a little like pilot project of just like talking to student leaders at like uh, different clubs at Rutgers that had, um, and actually she's the first at Rutgers was one of them. Um, that yeah. one of the students I talked to, like, that's kind of where I like sort of, uh, got my start in podcasting sort of cut my teeth a little bit. It was just like recording people on my phone and like editing the audio and just like pushing out that content a little bit, um, in terms of just like doing stuff, you know, it was associated with, uh, Rutgers change makers and stuff. So that's a funny personal connection for me. It's actually, oh, my, it all my, comes together. Yeah. My, <laughs> uh, yeah. My podcasting start kind of came from uh, change makers. So, Aww. um, so yeah, and I mean, and, and yeah, Krista is amazing, and yeah, I interviewed here for her for my previous podcast, and mm -hmm. 
yeah i mean if anybody can just i mean just visit Rutgers. it's like a cool you know little city and just campus and everything is beautiful and um yeah i mean because i i met my now wife there as well um just kind of has that, that magical power to bring awesome people together <laughs> um but it really uh, does yeah well i guess yeah i'm, I'm curious because uh because yeah, you got your graduate degree from Pepperdine and you did that online as well, right? Uh, kind of. So it was a hybrid program. So it required me to be out there for two long weekends a semester. So like five days each where we had in-person classes. And then I also did the rest of my coursework online. And then we had um, sort of a three-week global experience that you had to spend in a developing country with an NGO or nonprofit. Um, so I actually chose Pepperdine and I think I remember applying when I was um in the in the sack like doing change maker <laughs> stuff I remember I found the program uh and I just loved all the pieces about it it gave me flexibility it gave me um you know this very specific niche kind of masters that most people had never heard of or never really done anything with um and so I was really excited and I, I loved my time there also because it was so focused on impact we got to dive into the causes that we care about. And for me, that was um, the empowerment of girls and women. And that really like was the forefront. And that kind of led me down this rabbit hole of uh, kind of more major issues like quality education for girls and sex trafficking and, um, you know, unsafe working conditions and labor and if things are ethically made. And that's also kind of how I became intertwined with the good trade because the founder was in my cohort. Mm. Um, and so the, the Good Trade basically uh, is just an online publication. So we just believe that we vote for the world we want with our dollars on sort of an everyday basis. Um, so we primarily feature brands that are doing good in different ways. So if they're eco-friendly or ethically made or fair trade or, you know, what have you. Um, and it actually, it started out when I started grad school and now we have 7 million readers. So that's been super exciting. Very cool. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, congrats on that. That's uh, oh, thank yeah, you. We'll, we'll link out to you know all the stuff you work with uh, in the show notes and all the other stuff we mentioned. But um, yeah, that's very cool. Because yeah, I mean, obviously, I work in the digital education space, so I was just kind of curious. And actually, one of our uh, more recent uh, university partners is Pepperdine as well. Um, oh, nice. So they are definitely uh, seems like just across the board uh, embracing the future of higher education here. But um, yeah. Yeah, because like our program is an MBA program. They have a similar kind of model. Obviously, students take longer to to get through it, so they can do their like in person immersions anytime. But it's mm -hmm. definitely like that's a I think a perfect model because it's not as if like digital education necessarily has to be absent from any sort of live human contact. You know, like that's sort of what it was in the past. But it's like you know we have live classes for uh, the online students, so they're in with professors live every week, and then yeah, the in person mm -hmm. immersions and stuff. So it's just like you know augmenting these online tools with in-person support and all that kind of stuff so it's, it's great that you were able I, to uh, yeah like embark on that and like get a great education without having to like totally disrupt your life you know yeah you um, make me feel like an early adapter um <laughs> because i remember when i started people didn't really take it seriously or right. they were like oh it's this online thing that you're doing but really it meant like i didn't have to quit my full-time job i could keep working i um, was able to keep my loans to a really low minimum because I didn't have to rack up all these expenses um, moving out there. So I loved it. And I, I highly recommend it if you're someone who can, who can keep deadlines for yourself and like, remember the fact that you're only online once a week watching a class. But 
yeah, Pepperdine um, was something that I really knew. Like, I never knew much about the school except that it had a beautiful campus. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the campus is definitely worth visiting. I graduated, like, on the beach. Um, (laughs) So that, that was really nice. But, yeah, the program was great. And I loved it. Awesome. Um, so yeah, I mean, that brings you kind of chronologically, you know, through a lot of your education and, you know, you highlighted all the things that you're doing now. Um, and I guess across the board, maybe just talking about each of them or just sort of, um, you know, as a whole, like, what about, like, what do you enjoy most about the current work that you're doing? And, um, I guess what kind of keeps you inspired to keep at it? Yeah. I think it's funny when people ask me like what keeps me inspired only because I've never, ever thought about not being in the social impact space. Like, I don't think I could ever work in a corporate role, which there's nothing wrong with being in the corporate world, but it was just not a fit or like anything in my vision for my life. Um, So what do I enjoy most? Okay, so uh, with the good trade, I feel like I'm always coming across brands and people who are just so excited to kind of, um, you know, bring more people to this world of like, you can make a change with just the things that you buy every day. I think it's this growing movement of people who want to, you know, buy gifts with a purpose or gifts that give back um, or anything from like having an eco-friendly mattress or fair trade clothing. Um, So people have just been so excited and eager to talk about that, which has been great. Um, With having my own business, you know, I was laid off um, and I wanted to turn that into an opportunity. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to start my own business and I'm going to do it. Um, And it ended up really like people were so receptive and open to it. And it's sort of this untapped niche um, where there were a lot of small businesses and small social enterprises that don't have the capacity to hire someone full time. So they were saying, you know, I can give you um, 10 hours a week to do this very specific project. And it gave me the kind of flexibility and um, interesting work that I don't normally get to do when you're working full time somewhere. Um, and then I just love everything about Choose the First. Uh, so I started almost three months ago, so still pretty new. Um, but it's a really small team of five people. So I get to spearhead our social media platforms and external communications and development. Um, and so I get to try all of these new things and really take things to the next level, which gives me a lot of um, autonomy and challenges so that I'm always trying and doing something different. Um, And I'm surrounded by people who are smarter than me every day, which is like a really good thing um, because they're so knowledgeable about international development and nonprofit operations. And it just feels like I've found my people, you know, Um, and the mission is, is something that I love because as I'm sure you've picked up on, I'm really passionate about um, education and girls. And so we're so much more than just providing a scholarship and getting a girl into a classroom, but we actually, Um, You know, we provide scholarships and tuition and boarding and mentorship. Um, So we're providing this holistic approach that sets up systems for success everywhere um, so that she can actually succeed far past the classroom. And then we also have 225 campus chapters. You talked about the Rutgers one. Um, And it's really about mobilizing students to make change in their own communities. So we're launching a fellowship and we have... Um, this new thing called the Action Network, where people can like take action straight from their phone on different issues like intersectional feminism or structural inequality. Um, and so our mission really is to fight gender inequality. And I feel like having this two-pronged approach is like such a great 
a great way of tackling that and like achieving that. So, um, it's just so wonderful. Like I've had experiences that were not the best for my mental health. So this experience has been so fulfilling in the sense that like I'm surrounded by people doing amazing work. Um, but I feel really fulfilled every single day because I see the tangible impact with the scholars that we have and, um, just sort of like, because it's only five people, I get to see everything that I do really at the forefront. Very cool. Sorry, I went on like a tangent there. I was just yeah. so excited. Yeah, you, you covered it all though, so it's good. And I think, uh, yeah, especially in this uh, current cultural moment, uh, doing the, the good, important, you know, I'm sure at times hard work uh, uh, that's associated, you know, with She's the First and just like constantly advocating for that and just, um, yeah, I mean, it's yeah, it's important work and, you know, certainly commend you for uh, committing to it. And it's just really cool. Yeah, it's like a, an environment that feels right for you. Because like you said, I mean, it's not even like saying that other things are wrong and no one should do them. Like you're figuring out, um, I think just when I'm kind of what's resonating with me, like from, you know, all the way at the past of your undergraduate experience, like you said, like you built through like your academic coursework, the skills to align your passions with your strengths to where, like where you're at now feels, from you know, what you're saying, it seems like that's like a really good fit to where you're able to do like the communications work that you're good at but it's work, yeah. that, it's work that you care about too. So like, that's, you know, I'm, I'm like constantly seeking out those people that have figured out that formula because I know, and I'm, I don't know if you can like speak to this as like a brief aside, but um, in kind of like the entrepreneurial sort of zeitgeist and things like what I, I keep bringing up in these episodes and I almost want to like challenge a little bit because I don't, I don't assume that that's everybody who is listening to this, but there's so much of that just with like, you know, people trying to start like side hustles or whatever, but just like, the idea of like, just do what you love, just do what you're passionate about and all that. And it's like, like well, yes, but I feel like you need to also be good at that work like because yeah. it's, it's going to be hard. So like, it should be stuff that you're good at and then build people around you who do things that you're not good at, but they are good at kind of thing. So it's just that alignment of strengths and uh, passion. I think it's kind of the secret formula. So I'm not sure, I guess, if you if you felt a little bit of that or like if that's sort of yeah, where you feel like you're absolutely. at now. Because like, I think, yeah, just if you're in a program of like even social entrepreneurs, but it's just that idea of like, I'm just following kind of my passion blindly. And, you know, it can obviously just get risky or just get very exhausting if you're like overextending yourself with stuff that you might not be as naturally inclined to or whatever. But I guess I would say it's, it's a big question. But I guess, do, do you feel like that's, I guess, where you are now that you feel like you're at? you're getting to a better place in terms of like aligning strengths with passion. Oh, a thousand percent. I have like, I have so many thoughts on this um, because one question we get all the time from young people. And I would say not even at she's the first, but just like in general across my life, people are always like, well, how do you get involved in social good? And like, how do I find what I want to do when I'm like, honestly, it is about finding the thing that you're good at. And then applying that to the causes that you care about, because that's really like the best thing you can give to the world. Um, because it's it's hard if you're like really excited and passionate about a cause, but you, you know, your skills aren't applicable there or uh, which they always are. You can always find a way to adapt them. But if you feel like, you know, I really want to do social media, but I've never had a Twitter account like that can be really. It can harm both you and uh the organization so finding the things that you're like really you know you excel at and that you're talented at and bringing ways uh, or finding ways to bring that to the causes you care about I think are uh 
sort of the best way you could go about it. And I also feel like when you're an undergrad, you're you're kind of treading lightly, like you're going for uh, breath, not depth with the classes that you care about or like the things you want to try or the classes you want to take. And so for me, I have found that like after leaving college was when I had to think more deeply about like, I only have 24 hours in a day. Where can I commit them? And like, where can I um, do the most for the things that I care about? And so that to me has just been sort of like a, like as you get older sort of thing. Um, but really, like you said, like aligning my passions um, with my strengths has been kind of the perfect intersection. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it takes time. Like, yeah, it takes some self exploration and just kind of awareness and, um, yeah, maybe even, yeah, maybe like kind of dabbling in things to where, yeah, somebody's like, like, well, like social media seems cool, but like, I'm just not good at it. I get And it's just like, that's okay. Because there's probably other people who can do that and figure out what it is. Cause like, I know for me, what I always think about is like, I would be an awful salesperson and that's okay because <laughs> there's other people who are amazing salespeople. Right. And I can, you know, cause it's kind of where my role is now where I feel like it, like I'm, I'm still even kind of figuring that out because I mean, all the stuff I do on the side, I, I feel like I um, am finding more of that kind of alignment, but kind of with my full-time job, you know, I'm doing a lot of problem solving and all that. Like I'm not kind of like in the front of the stage and yeah, like trying to like sell people on something. It's like, by the time they got to me, they're already like hook, line and sinker. They're in, they're committed, <laughs> they're, you know, right. they're going through their program and I'm just helping to solve problems and just be a caring human who will help them and uh, can just do a lot of like just problem solving and tinkering behind the scenes to help, you know, the show go on kind of thing. Um, so Yeah, one thing we say yeah. at Choose the First all the time is like, this is sort of a global movement and we all have a role to play um, in sort of all the things we do. So like, for example, what you're saying, you know, you may not be the person selling it, but you're the person making sure that they're having a great experience or service mm -hmm. with it. Um, and I, I feel the same way in that, like, I'm not my, you know, I'm not my boss who's out there giving speeches and TED Talks because I'm not a public speaking person. Um, and I have done program side work and I realized, like, programs is not where my forte is. Um, so now I've sort of found this little niche for myself where I'm doing, like, development and monthly giving and individual donors and all that kind of fun stuff. But that's what, like, I'm actually excited about and I enjoy doing it versus trying to fit myself into a mold where... I thought I'd be really good at this and I thought I'd really love it because it's what I care about. But instead I'm miserable, but I'm just going to like keep going and, <laughs> you know, um, yeah. so yeah, I think we all have a role to play and it's all about like, what can we do to kind of move us all forward together? Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, cause yeah, I think that's the whole other like tangent and stuff. Yeah. It's just like, if we are just like, you know, uh, committed you know beholden to this idea of whoever we're supposed to be you know and it's like well, just be yourself and be yeah you know what you know again just like have the self-awareness of what you actually are good at versus like because they yeah, have certain jobs and different things are going to have like the cool factor to it but it's just like you know yeah it's like oh, i'm stressed all the time or i'm not actually like having fun or i don't like the people i work with or just you know like those sort of things so yeah it's definitely it's definitely a journey and sometimes it's like well this is what's good for me right now it's not always going to be good for me forever and you know when it doesn't feel right i'll you know kind of go where the wind takes me and kind of move on from there but yeah it's like you, you know that feels like everyone's um, 20s like right. yeah. <laughs> it's not forever but it's right now and i'm i'm enjoying it yeah yeah um because i mean yeah <laughs> no my brain is just like connecting all these synapses because yeah it's like that because 
I think you could even have something good, and this is either for like work or a relationship. But it's you know the whole uh, dating analogy with like job searching. I always like to joke about, but just like that, you're almost like not just enjoying and doing good work where you are now. You're just like, well, there could be something else good out there, and you're just like never right. just present. And like, cause that's like you know you found something good, and it could be like a couple months in, and just like, well, you know, I don't know, but maybe there's something else better out. There. You know, you're just off to the horizon versus like being where you are and doing good work where you're at. So that's that's a whole other thing. Just you just you yeah. nailed my goal for 2018, which is to like be more present and yeah. like enjoy <laughs> the enjoy the journey, not always like five steps ahead. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You gotta, I know. Uh, yeah. I struggle with that sometimes too, of getting restless, but yeah, it's like that advice that I, I sometimes hear, you know, uh, often is just like, you gotta fall in love with the process sort of thing. Cause yeah, it's like, yeah. Yeah. If you're always like, cause I'll get distracted by the, the bright, shiny sort of like, you know, end result or something. And it's like, you gotta get there. You gotta climb the mountain for like, you can't just be like, <laughs> would it be so right. cool if I like hiked this, like, you know, super high mountain or whatever. It's like, we actually have to do it, but um, and you should probably try to enjoy it while you do it, you know? Right. Um, so. yeah. Um, well, yeah. yeah, I guess in, in speaking of like enjoying things, so we'll, we'll sort of, you know, move on here. But so if you do want to kind of focus it in kind of the um, kind of the social good space, if they're like certain uh, brands or, you know, different things like that of just like or just something completely different, you know, outside of kind of your work and those sort of interests, just like, what do you geek out about currently? You know, is it stuff that you've always been into stuff that you've recently discovered? Um, and just maybe like how you, how you discovered it. Yeah. Um, so I'm sure you could tell I've always geeked out about social impact in like general ways. So I went from volunteering to service learning, to social entrepreneurship, to social justice, and now kind of overall. Um, so there's not a day where I'm not like reading the New York Times or going through my Twitter timeline. But um, on a related sense, like I just love reading and media. So last year, I read 52 books in a year, but not so much this year, I didn't do such a good job. Um, but I've been geeking out a lot lately. And I think it's because I'm in my mid 20s um, around cooking and interior design. So kind of sprucing up my personal space to be uh, more of like a statement of who I am and like ways that I find it to be cozy and personal. Um, I feel like I used to be really extroverted in college. And now I feel really introverted where I'm happy to be home, like reading a book and chilling with my cat and like drinking hot chocolate. Um, and then travel for me has just always been a number one priority in ways and like way that I geek out. Um, so there are ways where I'm like, I have flight alerts on my phone and, um, I like use credit cards strategically so I can rack up the right amount of miles and, uh, all those kinds of like travel hacks, if you will. Um, so those are the kinds of things that I've been like really, really excited about, but generally I feel like I'm always geeking out. Let me think. Um, crimes and like mystery stories, mm. I think are really something I've always geeked out about. I really wanted to be a forensic scientist when I grew up, uh, until I realized that I was terrible at chemistry. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I would say definitely like reading, cooking, travel. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's all good stuff. And I guess, uh, you know, maybe through exploring those a little bit more, like how those things sort of like positively contributed to your life like I, I i feel like i'm thinking travel maybe any place specifically that you've gone to that was like really impactful or just the experience of like cause i feel like i'm yeah I'm, I'm there with you i'm still figuring out like cooking and just sort of how you know just building up my confidence i guess to start with and then just like do i want to just do like blue apron all the time like would that be good for me <laughs> whatever, whatever. um but i guess yeah just like kind of that explore you know like exploring phase like you're saying just in your 20s you know you're kind of 
settling into adulthood and kind of you know routines and just you know uh, exploring those kind of hobbies and stuff so and i mean also kudos to reading 52 books in a year i think you certainly earned like a little bit of a quote-unquote off year because like i'm awful about keeping up with reading like actual books like i read a lot online but um yeah you have my admiration for uh, that's, that's a lot <laughs> thank so you yeah well that. yeah just yeah any of those hobbies, i did that hobbies. this year where i'm like constantly scrolling through twitter but i haven't committed to like any real real books that often um in terms of how they positively contribute to my life so i feel like my hobbies are great because they adapt to meet me wherever i am so this probably doesn't make sense when i say it like that but you know, if I like need a break from screaming internally from this administration, then I and like scrolling through Twitter furiously, um, then I have these other hobbies that require me to not stare at a screen, um, which is great. And I, I've learned that I can use my hobbies as a way to like do the things that I love with people I love and like make it an experience. Yeah. Um, so, for example, last weekend I met a friend and we made cookies together, but we also made candles because I had this candle making kit that I hadn't touched in a while. And I thought, you know, why don't we just try this together? Um, so just sort of like making them, like embracing them to be things that we can do as experiences and like gifts. Um, and then I think I just like, I try to use them as self-care um, in a lot of ways, because as I mentioned, like everything that's happening with this administration is easy, uh, to, easy enough to stress us out. Uh, I read this morning that like, <laughs> I think it was on Teen Vogue, someone had written uh, Lauren Duca. I don't know if you know who she is, mm. but um, she had posted and she was like, the stress that this uh, administration brings on to us is the equivalent of like five to seven major breakups each day. So, um, one of the things I'm trying to do is like not be glued to my phone and looking at every single news alert that pops up. Um, and so these kinds of hobbies and interests have kept me, uh, sort of like away from all of the current events, especially the travel. Um, I've been really lucky where I've traveled a lot and I, uh, we went to Mexico recently and, I think what I've learned the most is to have really low or zero expectations um, about what you can expect. Because I think when we like build up these vacations in our head and they don't turn out the way we want, we're like, that was terrible. Um, but this, like we went for 10 days and it, it actually didn't feel like enough time in Mexico City. Mm -hmm. um, and it was just the culture there is so vibrant and the food is wonderful and the people were so lovely. And I just felt like, there's so much outside of the U.S. that's happening that I need to embrace, like, the fact that I have the opportunity to travel and to, like, do these experiences that I otherwise wouldn't get to do. Um, so one of the things that we really did this time around was we did Airbnb experiences. I don't know if you've ever done them. This was our first time trying them. But we yeah. did uh, sort of, like, we made Day of the Dead bread with a couple. We went to um, a market and did, like, a chili pepper workshop. We... Um, so we, do. we painted these alebrijes, which are like masks. If you've seen Coco, you'll know what I'm talking about. Um, but it was just like such an immersive experience. And it gave me that like disconnect from being on my phone all the time and like looking to see what, what's happened or what's imploded, so to speak. Mm. Interesting. Yeah, because I've, I've stayed at a lot of Airbnbs, but um, I've not done a formal experience with them, which does sound intriguing, yeah, especially if you're like really getting outside of your comfort zone, like it could be sort of a helpful um, 
kind of guiding point you know that oh, people yeah. are opening themselves up like please come here to do this thing with me like i want to share this part of my culture with you um, yeah we did it, one yeah. the day after we landed and it felt like the perfect kind of introduction to mexico it was mm. like he was so knowledgeable and gave so many suggestions and it was just yeah i highly recommend doing them because you also feel like you're living kind of as the locals do um as opposed to like being in a tour group and you know, being on like a strict schedule of like, we're going to visit these tourist sites, but more like you're just doing what they do on a, on a weekly basis. So mm-hmm. I definitely recommend them. Yeah. Because I think a lot of the, like the touristy stuff, like a lot of the times it's like, I feel like most people can figure them out on their own. Like you're probably going to see them anyway. And it'll just be like, well, let's just go see them, see them on our schedule. And it'll, you know, that'll be fine versus, yeah, like you said, yeah. like, on a schedule and regimen and like, you know, uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's like you're you're missing out on just kind of the true uh, local experience sort of thing, which I think that is what yeah, really I, most people want. You know, most of the time is yeah. I can't stand when people are like, "Okay, it's nine a.m. We have to go right now, right this second. And then it's like, "Okay, it's ten thirty. We finish this activity. We have to go to the next thing." And more of like a, you know, take it as it comes, and obviously be on time when you have like things to do. But um, just sort of enjoy the experience. Like it's a vacation, and it's not meant to be this like very stringent thing. So mm-hmm. yeah. Very cool. Um, so yeah, I guess if you want to highlight anything specifically, um, any books that you have read this year, any uh, shows, movies, like podcasts, if like, I don't, if you're into the, I think you said like crime stuff, like all the true crime podcasts I know that are out there. Um, yeah. yeah. Just anything specific that you'd want to kind of give a tip of the hat to that we could uh, include in the show notes. Yeah. Um, so I just subscribed to long reads. I don't know if you know them, but mm-hmm. I, I love them so much. I actually became a monthly donor. So they um, they send you five long form features each week um, and they can span from the New York Times or just like someone's blog post. Um, and they they always pick really top notch kind of articles to features. So I think, for example, I just read a feature from them um, on these Bengali climbers who wanted to scale Everest and then they had a late start. And so they basically weren't able to get up there and their guides left them and most of them died up there, which is really unfortunate and sad. Um, but the families needed closure sort of back home. So they had Sherpas like go up to Everest and bring the bodies back down. And they had a documentary kind of like video footage following along with it on the New York times. So it was just a very, um, interesting read that I don't think I would have ever found if it weren't for something like long reads. So I definitely, um, recommend them. Uh, what I'm listening to otherwise. So I probably listen to more podcasts than I even listen to music. <laughs> um, I could listen all day to like SZA and Gary Clark Jr. And this dance hall playlist that my boyfriend made. Um, but podcasts, I have so many. Um, I listen to this American life sort of religiously 99% invisible modern love. Um, the dinner party download, I feel like you would really like that, Dustin. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Yeah, I I've listened that, to a few like episodes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really fine and just like really, it's engaging and interesting, and the format is cool. Um, Hidden Brain is, you know, for someone who has a degree in psychology, I just find it really fascinating. Um, crime related, I just finished Dirty John, uh, which was only six episodes, but really, really uh, interesting and something that it's. 
it's kind of like you're listening to it and you want to scream at the lady on the podcast being like, no, why are you doing that? Um, <laughs> yeah, my wife just listened to that. She like gave me the Cliff Notes version of just because like, yeah, I'm not huge into like that crime stuff. But, yeah, like I, I just like hearing like the the summary of it. Yeah, it's just like it is a wild ride. And I would recommend anybody yes. interested in that kind of stuff to definitely check it out. Because, yeah, it's, it's like this almost like which I don't think we see as much any uh, right, not anymore, um, I guess, yet really. Um, in podcasts, like almost like mini series, that it's just like it's yeah. that, and that's it. Like, <laughs> uh, well, yeah. they had like the long form feature in the Washington Post, I believe, or was it the LA Times? I think it might have been the LA Times. And I actually read the full piece before I listened to the podcast, but like listening to the podcast gave me, um, like because you're actually hearing from the people who went through it, it felt more real than reading it. Uh, and it, it is a wild story from start to finish. So I definitely recommend it. Um, and then I recently just started Homecoming. Um, I think it's by Gimlet Media. And it's really interesting. It's sort of like a it's a fiction story played out over a podcast. And the cast is really, it's a really great cast. It's Catherine Keener. Um, who was in Get Out and a bunch of other things, David Schwimmer, Oscar Isaac. And it's really, I don't want to give too much away about the plot, but it is a fiction story that um, it kind of reminds you of like, like those like weird crime, like Night Vale kind of podcasts, but also like a serial or S-Town kind of podcasts. Mm. Um, so I, I recommend it if you're into like, kind of trying something different or uh new with with your podcast preferences yeah yeah i'm sure there's probably more out there than i'm aware of but yeah, obviously like night veil is just such a unique thing and like and i'm surprised i guess i don't necessarily because i mean I've, I've listened to a little bit because i've like listened to like the entirety of the, the series but just like more stuff like that because i think a lot of people uh have like caught on to the serial model uh yeah after that got popular but um because yeah it's like i think you know it's a medium that we could play around with a lot and like almost get back to like old radio plays of uh uh you know for back in the day sort of thing but um yeah that's all it's a good uh kind of diverse diet there a little menu if anybody wants to <laughs> check out any or all of those yeah um, sadly no social impact kind of stuff there but i uh I, I don't know. I just feel like I really love, um, oh, The Daily. Have you listened to that? Um, um, I feel like I know what it is, but I don't know. I haven't listened to it. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like daily. It's a 15 to 20 minute uh, daily episode that comes out about prevalent issues. And I feel like it's just a super informative way to start my day because um, they kind of they do like a deep dive. Uh, so definitely worth a listen if you're someone who kind of religiously listens to a podcast on their way to work. Um, it's sort of a, a perfect start. Mm -hmm. Cool. Yeah. 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 I've listened to, like, I need to subscribe, I think to dinner party download because I'll listen to episodes randomly. If it, it sort of like comes up in the ether or like I caught a bit of it on NPR when I was like driving or something, I'm just like, Oh, let me like, you know, go find that episode, listen to it. But yeah, I've enjoyed every single one. And I guess <laughs> you being like, I feel like you would like this. It's like, okay, maybe I'll just nudge, <laughs> nudge me over to at least subscribe to it. So it's like regularly in my feed. Um, it's just so just fun. A, yeah. I mean, yeah. for those of you who are listening who don't have any clue what I'm talking about, um, it has sort of so it, it follows a dinner party and they have a host. Um, well, they have two hosts uh, and they have a guest of honor. But first they start with I guess they have like an icebreaker, which is a corny joke 
from the the guest of honor. And then they have um, like a mixed drink that they have based off of a fun fact or story that they share. Um, They have a whole musician piece that that someone comes on and like shares their dinner party playlist. Um, And again, they have the guest of honor as like the main bulk of what they've done. But they've had like, I think like Lin-Manuel Miranda was on there or um, Run the Jewels was on there. Like they have some pretty big names and I don't know, they're just fun. And it's like, it's supposed to be for your weekend, uh, sort of like an update for your weekend of what's been happening that week um, and sort of like music you you could play when you're seeing your friends and family. So I've always, I've been a big fan for a while. My goal is to start making the cocktails that they make. <laughs> Uh, each week but they're a little too fancy for me yeah um yeah it is a very fun format um cool well i guess then to uh wrap up this episode uh just to end things on a positive note um uh something or things uh that you were looking forward to with like your job life and the world um as of the recording of this one we're recording it towards the end of 2017 so it'll probably come out uh, about a month after this so i don't know if anything crazy will happen in the world uh, between now and then but um just kind of building up some runway for us uh going into 2018 but yeah i guess at this point you know just looking ahead things that you are looking forward to just to kind of end things on a uh, optimistic note yeah um well as i've sort of mentioned 2017 i feel like was a tough year for everybody um and so i'm just hoping that 2018 is brighter and like i'm trying to be really optimistic about it On a personal note, I've come up with sort of like three goals for myself um, and like my personal growth. So one I said before is to be more present. Um, Two, I'm working on banishing imposter syndrome because I feel and I don't know if it's because I'm a woman or just like this. I've always felt this way, but I feel like there's so many women in my life who don't think that they deserve this sort of recognition or like the good things that come to them. Um, And I feel like I'm one of them. And so I'm trying to banish that feeling because like we should own the fact that all these great things are happening. Um, And then just to take life more slowly, I feel like I have, like I said, like always kind of thought five steps ahead or three steps ahead and um, always kind of comparing myself to other people and where they are in their journeys or like, Oh, this person's engaged or Oh, this person's having a baby or Oh, this person, um, you know, got a promotion Uh, and is moving to LA or whatever. And I feel like everything in my life right now is really positive. So I'm just, I'm just trying to embrace where I'm at and how far I've come and just enjoy like the opportunities as they come. So that might be a really generic answer and I'm sorry, but uh, that's sort of my, my overarching goal. Yeah. Cause I think it all coalesces together to just almost like how I always frame it in my head. It's just like trying to go for like Zen status, like where you're just really at peace and just like, you know, yeah, like you're content with where you are, present and mindful and just, yeah, I think those are traps that we all can fall in often. So it's good to be aware of them, trying to work against them and just, uh, yeah, just being grateful, you know, for where we are um, and certainly always, uh, you know, doing the good work uh, that we do the best we can and um, just making sure, yeah, you almost like don't take yourself too seriously or, you know, the world too seriously to where it's like, you know, because, yeah, it's like, yeah just just the way that you frame that i feel like like it's just like a whole bit there or something like i you know uh, 
scrolling through Twitter is just like you're getting broken up with like multiple times a day or something where you're just like <laughs> right or you're also like you're seeing your ex and just like oh my god what are they doing now or just like oh you're just like seeing like things coming up and it's just like this recurrent you know I have to send you this article. It was such like a spot on way about <laughs> oh, like man. how we dealt with 2017 and how we're going to deal with 2018. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I just feel like, and I was talking to a few people about this, like we come up with these expectations in our heads of like what the year or our life will be like. And then we throw them all out the window because it never ends up the way that we think. So um, instead of setting up all those kinds of expectations, I'm just all about like, I'm going to like work hard and, and do my best and, um, you know, just kind of enjoy the moment. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great thing to look forward to and work towards. And, uh, uh, yeah, I think that's a great place to end the episode on here. Uh, just thanks again so much for taking the time out here. And, uh, yeah, again, we'll link out to all the stuff that we mentioned in the show notes for this episode, but, um, yeah, yeah this was great. All great stuff and really, uh, appreciate your time. Just have a, uh, good rest of your night and a good kind of winter break coming up here. Oh, thank you. You too. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the podcast. Please rate, review, and subscribe so you'll never miss an episode. Thanks again for listening, and I'll see you in the next episode of the Higher Ed Geek Podcast.